Welcome back to another episode of We're Not As Dumb As We Think We Are. My name is Aaron. And I'm Bill. We are glad that you have joined us for another edition of this podcast that we really enjoy doing uh, because we like to hear ourselves talk. Absolutely. uh, We hope you like to hear us talk too. So, Bill, my question for you today, it's kind of a, a deep one. It's a deep question. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I I was excited to hear a deep question. This will be good. All right. So, uh, of all the senses you have, let's see if I can do it right. Your, your sight, your hearing, your smell, your taste, and your touch. Yep. Which one would you sacrifice? If someone said you have to sacrifice one of your senses, which one would you choose? Uh that's an interesting question. Uh, that's, that's, uh, is a deep question. And I want to say it's good to talk to you again, Aaron, and to anybody that's listening. Uh, that is a tough question. Uh, just choose, man. Don't think about it too long. I won't. As you get older, sight seems to go and hearing seems to go. But, uh, I would, I would say if I had to give one up, just had to, I would give up smell. Smell. Why smell? Um, well, because I like to read and you need to be able to see, and I'm, so I like to talk and talking implies hearing. So I, I, I like that too. Uh, touch would be hard to, I mean, it's hard to imagine giving up touch without giving up your, you know, your hands. Don't want to do that. Uh, it's obviously then smell would be the one that I think, don't know for sure, but I think I would miss the least. Don't really want to give up any, but if I had to say that one, I'd say that one. Bill, that is an amazing answer to that question. Like, it was? I, like, yeah, I'm just like, logically, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes the most sense. Because, like, I mean, I like the smell of things, but I'm thinking, yeah, I want to be able to see and hear things and taste things and yes. touch things. So my thought was touch, like, like I, I was like, it'd either be touch or smell, I would feel like I would give up. Because you can still... Like, I don't know, like, like I think about like cooking, like would I be able to still be able to understand like pressure and how tightly I'm holding something? Right. Like that would be tough for smell. I'd rather give up taste than touch just because I, I I mean, you can eat without tasting, but you really can't do a lot of things without being able to touch. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so I just assumed you just smell bad and therefore you wanted to get rid of. (laughs) Your uh, sense of smell. Well, I mean, there's that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, get rid of smell. Interesting. Well, hey, if you listen to this podcast and you want to share your opinion about this, let us know. I'll be stunned if you do, but go ahead. So, uh, today's episode is an interesting one. Uh, There is an ad campaign that's been going on for quite a while, but it became real popular at the Super Bowl. Um, you probably have heard of it if you watched the Super Bowl or if you didn't. And it's titled the He Gets Us campaign. Right, Bill? That's what it's called? He Gets Us? He Gets Us. That's correct. And the kind of the purpose behind this campaign or organization, whatever you want to call it, is to help people have an understanding of the historical figure Jesus And kind of from the lens of that, he's just like us, that he gets us. And 
from my perspective, it seems like that is a more palatable, palatable and appealing version of Jesus for people if he gets us, if he's just like us, because we like to spend time with people who gets us and um, enjoy being around people who understand us. So we kind of want to talk about this in the sense of some people think these people are from Satan. <laughs> I don't um, know. I go quite that far. I haven't heard that, but I assume there's got to be at least one person that thinks they are the worst and they should burn in hell. Um, that's kind of a strong view. I don't think Bill or I hold that opinion. And then there are people who think he gets us campaign is super duper and fantastic and they love them and they want to, um, help them out any way they can. And then there's a bunch of people in between and there's a bunch of people that don't know what to think or don't really care to have an opinion. So we kind of want to discuss that tonight. So Bill, I've learned that you've done a bunch of research about this. Uh, organization and their ads. What have you learned? Well, I, I did a little bit of research uh, this evening uh, and a little bit before that even. I, I read the uh, blog post from a, a podcaster that I had heard before that Aaron had sent me that talked about uh, the campaign in somewhat critical tones. And then I spent some time this evening also just looking at YouTube, all the different ads that were out there. Um I'll try to summarize at least the best I can the critique against it and not just what I read in the blog, but what I've read prior to that. Um, the, uh, the critiques come in and the idea that the Jesus being presented is not the Jesus of the Bible, that there's, there's a strong mention of the fact that Jesus loves us, that he understands us, that he's human. There's a, there's a real sense that the commercials portray him as being human but there's not a real sense of him being God, of him being the Savior. There's, there's, very, there, there's a very strong message that, that he loves us. He's a great moral example. We should be like that. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of discussion about how do we get to be like that. And it comes by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that, that is absent from all of the commercials I've watched. There's not a mention of that. That's a fair criticism. Now, again, we're talking about a 30 to 60 second ad. How much can you get into that? That's another argument I've heard. Well, they can't tell the whole story and telling people the fact that Jesus loves them and gets them. It's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. But the question is, is it a complete thing? And is it enough of a thing to be a good promotion of Jesus? I think that's the criticism what I've learned. Interesting. Uh, I obviously have read the same thing Bill has read and because I sent him to it. So I made sure I re- read it too. So let me ask you this question, Bill. And before we get into kind of the, um, whether we agree on their method of getting Jesus out there, let's, let's ask this question first. I want to hear your opinion on this because there's been some big uproar. I, I don't know that whatever people have had issues with it that I, how much does Super Bowl ad cost? Like ten, twenty million dollars? Like it's oh, in they're the high, they're, I mean, yeah, you and I could not advertise our podcast on there. <laughs> yeah, I no, I think I heard what I heard was they spent like somewhere in the range of twenty million dollars on the ads for the Super Bowl. So that's that sounds right. Do you have a problem with somebody spending twenty million dollars to get Jesus's name out there? Does that does that bother you? Is that wrong? I heard that criticism early on. 
and I don't want to get into the political realm, but from the, from the people that didn't, that were offended that, that there were ads out there about Jesus, they talked about that money could have been spent to feed how many people could have been spent to do a lot of other things. Yeah. I, I understand that at the same time though, the, the great commission is pretty clear. We are to get uh, to make disciples of all nations by teaching them uh, to everything I'm handing them to baptize them. So evangelism is our number one mission as Christians. So while I, I, we have not yet discussed the merits of how effective that evangelism was, I don't have a problem spending money to evangelize. I don't think that's an issue. There's a place for doing good things and ministering to the needy and the homeless and and the hungry. Those things are are biblical things, but they don't take precedence over evangelism. Uh, We need to be able to do both, but presenting Christ as the Lord and Savior is vital and it's well worth the expense, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have any problem with it because I'm like, Millions of people saw the name of Jesus in their living rooms, at bars, at at restaurants, at events, saw an ad that talked about Jesus. And I think every penny is worth it. Yeah, like I said, we don't know the effect it's going to have on people and what the actual process is. But yeah, I think the argument like ac- accusing Christians that we're bad at spending our money, like I think is wrong. I think the people who I've seen criticized, like they're known for spending money in ways that deserves a lot of criticism. Um, so yeah, I have no problem with it. I think it's fine. Like, I think it's great actually that somebody's saying, you know what? I have all this money and I want to put an ad on the most watched events around the world throughout the year. Like, that's great. Get Jesus name out there. Now, whether the organization is great at presenting Jesus for who Jesus actually is, is what we're about to get into. So both of us are fine with spending millions of dollars to get Jesus' name out there. Money we don't have, but if someone else has it, <laughs> yeah, We're fine it, with right? spending somebody else spending their money, yeah. I mean, if you didn't want to throw a million my way, that's great. I'll take I'll take a million and buy a boat, and then I'll bring <laughs> people on it and talk about Jesus. Win-win. <laughs> win, win, win. There you go. So... Jesus gets us. So the the article that we read is from a, a lady called Natasha Crane. She has written a pretty good book that I've read called Faithfully Different. Um, that kind of talks about, you know, Christians are, are moving away from a traditional biblical worldview and what the Bible teaches. Pretty good book. But anyway, so I I trust her and her, her merit, but something I found very interesting in her article, the first thing she says is that she had a problem was, is that the fact that Jesus gets us is stripped from the context of his identity of his identity is meaningless. So the whole idea is they kind of missed the boat. And why should I care that Jesus gets me like, because we should care that Jesus gets us because he's God and they don't really do a good job of articulating that in any of their ads or they don't think they try at all. And even anywhere, any of the stuff I've read, they never mention God or Jesus as God. Um, They do mention that some of us who 
who part of this campaign believe Jesus is the son of God, which is kind of, it's the same, but different. So what do you think about that, Bill? Do you think that it makes a difference that they don't directly correlate? He gets us as important because in fact, he is God in human form. I, I, I don't, I, I think she makes a valid point. I, I think the whole idea of the ads and the ones I've watched and what I read from, from her post and what I've read from others, I, I think that the intent of the ads was to present and to tell Jesus' story in a better way that will connect with people in this culture. And, and, and I think to some extent they connect, but the fact that Jesus gets me in his humanity isn't the message. I mean, that's a message, but it's not the message. Yeah. And I think Natasha Crane has pointed that out. They're, they missed an opportunity in a big way to, to indicate that God gets us. To me, I, I think that's much more relevant and actually leads a lot more closely toward people being saved than the fact that a human gets us. Because a human gets us, well, all humans get what it means to be human. Yeah. But the fact that God gets what it takes to be human is a way different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So she lists seven things. And my honest opinion is on the seven things, like everything I, I probably agree with on some way, shape or form. But also I, I think a little bit, I'm like, this seems just a little legalistic. Like that's to where it comes off, which we talked about in a recent podcast podcast episode. Like I get it. She makes some valid points, but here's, I think here's what I, I think. And you can tell me what you think about my opinion. I hope you do, because that's what makes a podcast interesting, is <laughs> these people have 30 seconds to make these ads, and they're trying to get people who are disinterested in Jesus or religion or faith in any kind, and hoping to spark an interest in people in a guy named Jesus, and I think that's great, like... I think that's a good thing. I don't necessarily agree with everything they say necessarily or how they, their, their methods, but they are getting people to, to be interested in a man named Jesus. And the thing that I also, I, I guess I like, or I'm okay with is they don't call them to do anything with the, he gets us campaign. Like they don't call to give us money. They don't call us to, you know, join some newsletter they encourage people to, if they want more information or what to do, they, they have uh, Bible reading plans from the Version app on their website they go to, or if they want to get connected or talk to somebody, they have like church partners that connect, connect them. And this was where Natasha Crane's like, I don't even know what church, like, how do I know these churches are, are actually biblically sound and are going to lead these people actually to the biblical Jesus? Like, it's like, okay, I get that. But also at the same time, like, I think it's set up pretty well. They have set up a plan and a purpose to help people explore Jesus on their own. And the way the ad campaign works is like you're just reaching to a bunch of people that you don't have any personal contact with. So I think their, their format is pretty spot on on how they're trying to reach people for, for Jesus. So whether I agree on how they say Jesus gets us or not is one thing, but they're talking about Jesus that I hopefully will spark interest in people to learn about who Jesus really is. 
that's I, I appreciate that opinion and um <laughs> with running the risk of sounding like our our number one fan chris strickland uh i agree with some of it and not with some of it <laughs> yeah and i understand that and chris we love you very much yeah everyone <laughs> wants to say that i already you already know that we're buds chris but yeah. but i uh I do agree with someone Aaron said. I, I I think that uh, it's a very positive thing to get people talking about Jesus. And I look at the passage in Scripture where whether from false motives are true, Christ is preached, and I think yeah. that's good. And and I think getting people to talk about Jesus for whatever reason is is a positive thing. So I, there's not going to be, uh, in my view, that's not a negative thing at all. Um, and I also think that it's um, a lot of the content that I saw in the commercials and, and admittedly I didn't watch all of them. I probably watched 16 or 17. I don't know how many there are, but I, I probably watched 16 or 17. Um, and there are various topics by and large. I thought most of them had a very pretty solid message. I watched a Fox news broadcast afterwards before the Super Bowl talking about these ads. And, and the consensus was that, that it was a good thing that people were talking about Jesus. So, on that end, I, I'm, I'm very excited that our culture is considering in a way that's uh, reaching a lot of people, uh, considering who Jesus is. And it gives us an opportunity then to fill in the blanks. So to me, I think that's positive. But I, I did have a, a few concerns mm-hmm. that bothered me. Um, some of the presentations of Jesus um, I thought were a bit sketchy. And you and I talked off the podcast about these, but it, it bothers me somewhat that they portray Jesus uh, as a refugee and what that might mean. I don't know that he gets us as being a refugee. You made the point he was an infant when it happened. Did he even remember that? Of course, he's God, so maybe, but but I just think in the human realm, he wouldn't. I also thought it was interesting that the group uh, tends to want to make Mary and Joseph poor. I mean, it's almost that identity. And, and I don't know that they, they were, they weren't. I don't think scripture says, I mean, they're yeah. not the, the elite, but I don't know that it says they're poor. But I think mm-hmm. that's kind of an assumption in order to kind of emphasize a point that I'm not sure is there. Uh, so that's sort of, um, there's a few examples of that that left me thinking, why are they doing that? Is there an image of Jesus that they want to portray? And then the other question, I had a question for you. And this is what I thought of. I, I read some uh, other response to these ads, and the response was, it's good for people to hear that Jesus loves them. And I don't disagree. You and I have talked about it. Our message to non-believers is that Jesus Christ loves you. But what I thought about today was, what is a more important message? Is the message most important that Jesus loves you? Or is the message more important that Jesus is your Savior? Or do they have to go together? Hmm. Because they do a good job of saying Jesus gets you and loves you, mm-hmm. but they don't talk about Savior. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they kind of, again, like the, the, well, I think about evangelism on a one-on-one basis. We don't always just lead with you're a sinner and you need to be saved you know like when we build relationships with people and talk about jesus rarely do we ever lead with that right like i don't think that's ever been my um 
strategy. Maybe that's wrong strategy. I don't know. But well, I agree with you. I don't lead with that either. But we don't I, stop with Jesus loves you. So I agree that I wish that there was something more prominent in their stuff that we're in need of a, a of saving. That just the fact that this, because they kind of just paint him as this historical figure um, on their website, and he's he's more than they say the son of God, but he's obviously more than that. And he's he came to Earth to save people, like he died and resurrected. Those are some big, big, like big points of Jesus and why he's attractive. Well, if he's not savior, he's just another guy. Correct. Yeah, he's just some dude that did some cool things and said some nice things. And, um, so I, th- your original question is, which is it rather love or savior or both? Um, no, I always lead with, and I always say our message to the non-Christian world is Jesus loves you. But I was wondering if that's the right statement. Yeah. I mean, I think really like when you're trying to lead someone to Jesus, most people are trying to, they might not realize at the time, but most people are trying to fill something, you know, like trying to, I have a, I have a, the spiritual desire, whether I'm aware of it or not. And I, I fill it with these different things. For some people, it's other spiritual, spiritual things or quote unquote spiritual things, or some of it's just worldly things like a job or relationship or, or some other vice. But really the only thing that's going to satisfy that crave, that internal craving all of us have is Jesus. And I think like, as a, as trying to evangelize, you want people to know, like you have something you desire and it's Jesus and Jesus is the only one that can fill it. And Oh, by the way, it's because he saves you from your, your sin that we, every human being commits besides Jesus Christ. So you don't necessarily lead with, he saves you, but you want to get to that. Like you want to get yeah. to that. You are broken and that, you have an eternal destination that isn't good unless you believe Jesus is the son of God and choose to put your faith and follow him. Yeah. I, I think you said that. Well, I, well, of course I don't lead well. with, <laughs> pardon. I don't lead with the fact you're set your, your, your savior, but I, I don't like the idea of going off the air with just the message. He loves you. Mm-hmm. It's true. He loves you, but there's uh that's, that's a little bit incomplete. Yeah. I think, I think it comes down to, I have 30 seconds. What do I want to get across in 30 seconds and to make it concise, simple and stuff. And that's what they came up with. Would I've done it that way. I don't know. If I had sat down and thought I have 30 seconds to, to appeal to a bunch of people who don't follow Jesus and believe in Jesus, like it seems interesting. It seems clever. That seems like a saying, just as Paul said in Corinthians, like I, I read this last week, like I, I, to those who are under the law, I'm under the law. Like he says, I'm all these things to all these different people to win as many as I can for, for Christ. You know, now obviously he's not saying I'm changing the message of what the gospel is, but his presentation is probably different. So I, I think you get a good point. And I, and I, I'm going to raise a topic that we might want to talk more in depth about later, mm. but these ads came out. There's a lot of people saw them 
And then I'm fascinated by and, and watching with interest the revival going on at Asbury University and, and the way it has spread to other college campuses. I can't help but think that there is a vast spiritual hunger across this country and probably the world. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I feel like while I might be, I might have some in particular frustrations with those ads, or I wouldn't have done it that way. Like you said, I, I, in the big picture, I can't think talking about Jesus to millions of people is going to ever be a bad thing. Yeah, And I do think there's time is right now for mm-hmm. us to, to be making that difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, like the Holy Spirit's going to work it out. Like, that's what I think, you know, like it'll get worked out by the Holy Spirit and hopefully people come to the faith of who the real Jesus is, as, as he is, as he is God in human form. So, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Like, I agree that there might be a spiritual hunger and this is one little piece of the puzzle of helping satisfy that spiritual hunger and leading people to Christ. I'd like to, I'd like to hope so for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I just am again. I mean, Gamaliel's advice I think applies if it's from God, we for sure don't want to be fighting against it. And if it's not from God, it will come to nothing. But just because something doesn't happen in my backyard or happen exactly like I would do it, I don't think that makes it necessarily not of God. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I think that's all we know about this topic and those commercials. So hopefully those of you, um, listening on this, maybe have a little clearer picture of what to think by two guys who aren't very intelligent, but aren't as dumb as they think they are. Um, but we always just encourage people like, you know, I think things that Christians do too much is we like to just bash each other very quickly because it's not the way we would, but rather we should really just take a lens and step back and just see, maybe this is a good thing. And I can support it some way. And I think it's fine to, to um, view it and analyze it and then come back and say, nope, I still just, I don't think that's biblical or right. And that's fine. But don't just poo-poo on things just right away. I think we do that too much as Christians. Like it's not part of my denomination. It's not part of my faith circle or the church people I know or the, the Bible college I went to or whatever, you know, like. Like just have a little openness and then analyze and then make your, your opinion, you know? I agree. I mean, the, the guideline, the rule is always the scripture. Anything that is said that is directly against the scripture is wrong. We have mm-hmm. to call it for what it is, but there are a lot of just opinion ish things that are just, uh, I mean, I have definite opinions about them, but I need to be humble and just recognize that that's how I see it. Others might see it differently. And again, the bottom line, you said it well. If Christ is being talked about, if Jesus is being talked about, that gives us an opportunity to share. And I clearly think people are hungry for it. So if if we're concerned about presenting Christ the right way, we certainly have a chance to do it right now. Yeah. Word. Well, that's all we got on the He Gets Us campaign to close out our podcast episode. Bill, I have another question for you. 
All right. I am ready to go. I'm kind of fired up now. All I don't right. sleep good after our podcast. I get all fired up. I can't go to sleep right away. Well, well, good. It is It is only two in the afternoon, so you got some time. Just kidding. It's not two in the it's, afternoon. It's in the evening. It's late at night. So, Bill, if you would, you said you'd give up smell. That's so what I said earlier. Which smell do you think you would miss the most? Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds like it'd be a hard question, but it's probably not. And this is a, you're going to think this is a ridiculous answer, but I don't think it is. I, I like the smell of freshly done laundry, like bed sheets or linens right mm-hmm. out of the, the washer. And, and, and if, they dry, if I hang them outside, which I don't do a lot, or even out of the dryer, I, I like that fresh smell. That would be probably the smell I would miss the most. Followed closely by, but behind, the smell of cho- freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Those are the two top smells. Mm. But number one is that fresh linen smell. I really, really like that. You're so in touch with your uh, feminine side. That's amazing. Fresh linen is a feminine smell? Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I do the laundry, so I'm the one that does it. So, Does Carrie do your laundry or do you do it? Uh, excuse me. She does most of the laundry. Well, see, that's, you don't get to smell the fresh linen smell like I do because I do mine. We just folded a bunch of laundry tonight, so I guess putting it in the push, putting it in the washing machine, and then putting the dryer is the easiest part. Folding it, putting it away—that's the that's the challenge. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you have to do that. That's true. But you don't like that smell of fresh laundry done. You don't. Like I didn't that. say I didn't like it. I, I, it's good. It's a good smell. Uh, I was trying to think I feel like what I would miss is like the smell of a grill like I think of like grilled meats or oh you had to go real manly on me there didn't you well my first thought was like the smell of cooking onions like I really love this I really love onions and the smell of onions when they're cooking so you are huh you are very good in the kitchen and on the grill yeah so like as I was coming home today uh, it was around supper time in my neighborhood and I, someone was grilling. I smelt it. I was just like, mm, smells so good. I love the smell. Yes. There's something about that good barbecue smell. That's good. I agree. So are you off your, off your, uh, Kansas city chief Super Bowl went high yet? Or are you still, uh, still there? I was going to say I was off my rocker or something. Oh, uh, no. the chiefs did win. They did. It was closer than I thought it was going to be, to be truthful. I, I did not think it'd be that close. Um, uh, it was exciting. It was a fun game to watch. It was a nervous game to watch. I, I didn't pay attention to many, many of the commercials during the Super Bowl. I spent time mostly probably wandering around my house here. But um, <laughs> but anyway, it was a fun game. Good season for the Chiefs. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's always fun. Uh, I'm, I, I don't get too high or too low. Well, that's good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> All right. Well, Bill, thanks for participating in our podcast. Listeners, thanks for listening. Um, We hope you enjoy this episode, and we look forward to releasing more soon. Until next time, have a good one. Have a good one, everyone.